bam. Just like that, we're in the postseason. Boys and girls golf regionals started this week. Today is Friday, September 29th. They started the 26th, 27th, 28th. Different levels, different places, different boys and girls regional competition began all throughout the week. Wished all of them luck. Glad there is a lot of advancers. So many. The next episode, we will dive in to who advanced in the golf regionals and is going on to sectionals and all that awesomeness as the sectionals kick off on Monday, October 2nd. Can't believe we're almost in October too. September 29th, only a couple days left of the ninth month as we move into the 10th month. Man, time is just flying by. Also wanted to wish the best of, not luck, but the best of your ability to Finn Sessler as he is testing for his second degree black belt in Taekwondo on October 7th at the Illinois Valley YMCA in Peru. He had to learn two new forms of Taekwondo for the promotion and has to write a paper on history of Taekwondo on every level, local, national, worldwide, global. That's pretty awesome. Sessler has been on Edge of Your Seat podcast twice. He's 13 years old. He attends private school, Greater Midwest Academy for Advanced Learning, and the dude is involved in everything. Little League, soccer, Taekwondo. He does challenges. I think it's called Grown Man Challenge or Raising Grown Men. There we go. Raising Grown Men Challenges. He mowed a ton of yards. He attempted to shovel some sidewalks and driveways, but it was a little too cold for him. But he does so many things and he tries his best. I'm really happy for him. He's doing his thing on every single level. And I know he's going to to get his second degree black belt. I'm not even a white belt. A white belt would whoop me. So congrats to him. And I know he's got this in the bag. It's done. So good good job, my man. Good job. I'm your host, Brandon Lachance. This is Edge of Your Seat Podcast. You can hear every single episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the website www.rss.com backslash podcasts. That is with an S. It is plural. Backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Socials, you know we're there. Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. If you want to track me down on the personals, go ahead. Facebook, Brandon Lachance. The name, the last name, looks like L.A. Chance. And then on Twitter, it's at Lachance Writer. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, Everywhere that you see Edge of Your Seat Podcast, please like, write a review, comment, follow, five star, a million star, throw a thumbs up, all those cool things that help us move up rankings, help us do what we're trying to do, and that is to highlight, showcase everything that's going on in Northern and Central Illinois. If you have any questions, suggestions, want to be a guest, you know somebody that would be a good guest. You like or dislike something I or a guest said, or you want to sponsor with Edge of Your Seat Podcast, please send an email to edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. As always, big shout out, much love to Brian Cavelli, Cavelli Productions, for the creation 
of the intro and outro be heard on every single episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, which is brought to you by First State Bank. 19 locations in Northern and Central Illinois, all over the place. Great people. They know what they're doing banking-wise. They can help you with loans, savings, checking, CDs, anything you need financially. They got you. First State Bank. This is episode 298. We got a great show, great guests, as always. Our first guest is going to be Mindy McConaughey. She's the volleyball coach for Ottawa Marquette. I spoke with her in December, right after the 2022 season. Lady Crusaders won a regional as a three seed, finished with a 32-7 and record, which was the fourth regional in McConaughey's tenure with the Lady Crusaders, as she's been the volleyball coach there since 2010. She's won regionals in 2010, 2014, 2019, and now 2022. The crazy thing is, since 2010, she's had winning seasons except three of the 14. That's pretty impressive and not easy to do by any means. This year, they're 17 and four, only four losses on the year, crushing it. Regional start October 23rd for volleyball, Marquette's 1A, so they'll start right away. October 23rd, that week of either that Monday or Tuesday. So 17 and 4 right now. I know they got plenty of matches, maybe a tournament thrown in there. They'll be ready to go. Well, of course, they'll have the Tri County Conference tournament, but they'll be ready to go for the regionals. So Marquette is in subsection A of the Streeter Woodland subsectional, which features, of course, Marquette, Serena, Gardner South Wilmington, Grant Park. United Christian Academy, Illinois Lutheran, AXA, and Bridgeview, and seven different schools in Chicago. So they got, you know, a path, maybe a little difficult path ahead of them. But if anybody can get out of there, win another regional, advance to the sectionals, it is the Lady Crusaders and Mindy McConaughey. Amboy Lamoille, Ohio football coach Scott Payne talks to us just like every week. This week, he talked about week five as the Clippers beat Ridgewood 48-42, just hung on in a shootout to stay undefeated. Week six is another tough foe as the Clippers are going to meet the Milledgeville Missiles, who are also 5-0. Eight-man football North 2 conference opponents. Amboy Ohio has scored 235 points, allowed 58 points, averaging 47 scored, 12 allowed, while Milledgeville has scored 294 points, allowed 94 points. That's an average of 59 points per game for the Missiles, while allowing 19 per game. Should be a great game. It is at 7 p.m. today, Friday, at Milledgeville. And then we have Randy Tiemann, another coach who speaks with us weekly as the Hall Putnam County Red Devils are going to play IVC. Hall is 2-3. and three. IVC is 0-5. Hall looking to get 3-3 three and three with three games left in the regular season. Trying to make it to the postseason. Got to have five to qualify for the playoffs. Six to make it automatically. Hall shooting, trying, clawing, scratching. Trying to get at least five wins. 
So they'll try it against IVC tonight at 7 p.m. And you can hear me and Justin Borowski with the call on The Wolf 96.5. Randy Teeman also talks about last week as Kiwani beat Hall Putnam County 41-0. The first quarter was 0-0, and then from there, Hall had a rough go. Randy Teeman talks all about that and the preparation in trying to get a win against IVC. We'll also have win-lose stat going from Monday, September 18th to Saturday, September 23rd. All the breakdowns, scores, accomplishments, everything that's happening in our coverage area. Then we'll sneak in a mix and match. Want to talk about a few things, and I'm going to even try to time myself and go 30 seconds for each topic so we don't go way too long. But it's always fun to talk about things you love to talk about. That's what Edge of Your Seat Podcast is here for. Have you heard the news? First State Bank is the first to offer Quillo. Quillo is an online personal loan officer that allows you to apply for a loan in just minutes. Need to replenish your checking account? Pay off a high interest credit card or take that vacation you have always wanted? Check out Quillo on the First State Bank website using your phone, tablet, or PC. It won't impact your credit score to apply. There are no fees, no penalties, and payments you can afford. You'll need a First State Bank checking account, but have no worries. You can apply for one of those online too. Check out FSB's Premier account that pays higher interest for doing a few routine activities. Go to firststatebank.biz today to see how you can get a Quillo loan with a new or existing checking account. First State Bank is member FDIC and equal housing lender. We'll start win-lose stat with an IHSA announcement as they announced the Savory 16 in the IHSA Pork and Pigskin Championship presented by Illinois Pork Providers Association. There were over 100,000 votes in two days to narrow the field to 16. There's four regions and there's a final four in each region. Judges will now go to schools and eat food from September 21st, which was eight days ago, till October 20th. The first champ, Normal Community, is in this year's Savory 16, while last year, the second winner, Hall, just missed. They just got beat out in votes out of the Savory 16. The schools in this year's Savory 16 from the Durick region, Ottawa, Woodland, Princeville, and Rova. From Berkshire Regional, Burrow Valley, Stillman Valley, Orion, Cambridge. From Yorkshire Regional, Burlington Central, Iroquois West, Reed Custer, and Woodstock. From the Hampshire Regional, Carlinville, Normal Community, North Mac, and Olympia. Now let's get into the sports, starting with girls swimming and diving. In a duel, Sterling beat Freeport 101-79. to For Sterling, these are all Sterling winners. 200 medley relay, Peyton Purdy, Emily Lofgren, Hazel Pham, and Sammy Knox. 2 minutes, 5.39 seconds. 200 freestyle, Kate Austin. 2 minutes, 13.85 seconds. 200 intermediate, Sammy Knox, victorious, 2 minutes, 26.65 seconds. 50 freestyle, Madison Austin, 25.42 seconds. In the one meter dive, Presley winners won with a 190.65. 100 freestyle, Madison Austin won again, 55.47 seconds. 
500 freestyle, Knox, once again, 5 minutes, 57.25 seconds. 200 freestyle relay was a team of Purdy, Chloe Clark, Kate Austin, and Madison Austin at 1 minute, 51.25 seconds. And in the 400 relay, the freestyle relay, Knox, Fam, Kate and Madison Austin, 4 minutes, 1.51 seconds. Those are quick times. I could never swim that fast. Volleyball. Plano lost to Richmond Burton, 25-11, 25-17. For Plano, Alexis Subieskic, two assists, two kills. Hennessy Pina, three blocks. Sterling defeated Alleman, 25-15, 25-16. Sterling is now 8-5-1 on the season, 4-2 in the Western Big Six. For Sterling, Carly Sullivan, six kills, six digs. Olivia Melcher, eight assists, six digs. Delilah Amanqua, two aces and 13 assists. Streeter beat St. Bede, 15-25, 25-20, 25-15. And Princeton lost to Rock Island, 25-20, 25-11. Boys golf going to the greens. Rochelle just beat Mendota, 168-173. to For the hubs, Ian Metzger was a medalist, 36. Alex Dwyer, a 40. Jacob Ost, a 43. Owen Messer, a 49. For Mendota, Owen Augenball had a 41. Dane Doyle, a 43. Evan McFeeters, a 44. And Brody Hart, a 45. Little 10 Championship. Hinkley Big Rock was victorious. Earlville was second. Serena Newark was third. In the Western Big Six Championship, Moline had a 139 for the dub. Geneseo was second with 317, and Sterling was fifth with a 352. For Geneseo, Bryson Van Hoot had a 72 for medalist. Hayden Moore was third with a 74, and Mason Hubbard was ninth with a 79. Mason Hubbard is a golfer with Sterling, Hayden Moore with Geneseo. Amboy fell to Warren, 200-254. For the boys, Carson Barlow had a 48. The girls did not have a team, but Gracie Holmgren shot a 68. The Three Rivers Conference meet, boys style. I believe it was actually Tuesday, September 19th. I wrote it above Tuesday, ran out of room. But hey, we're going to say it right here. For the boys, Riverdale won with a 308. Mendota was second with a 348. Princeton was fourth with a 352. Burrow Valley, 353 for fifth. Hall was 6th with the 354. Newman tied for 7th with the 358. And Kiwani was 12th with a plus 192. Individually, Aiden Doherty of Riverdale won with the 74. Landon Plim from Hall tied for 4th with the 79. He tied with Wyatt Novotny from Burrow Valley, who also had a 79. And Owen Augenball was 8th from Mendota with an 82. The Clinton invite, Roanoke Benson and Clinton Tied for first with a 172. For Roanoke Benson, sophomore Caden Harms had a 38. And junior Tucker Bond had a 42. Caden Harms, 38, was first. He was medalist. Boys soccer, Morris won, Ottawa 0. Plano fell to Harvard, 3-1. For Plano, Christ Kaliba had the goal with Santiago Cervantes with the assist. Irville beat Indian Creek, 3-1. Earlville is now 10-2 on the season, well, at least at this point. 
Griffin Cook had three goals. Trenton and Easton Fruit had one assist each for the Red Raiders. Tuesday, September 19th. We'll start with girls swimming and diving once again. Sterling defeated United Township 124-55. These are all Sterling winners. 200 medley relay. The group of Kay Austin, Emily Lofgren, Chloe Clark, and Madison Austin. 2 minutes, 8.53 seconds. 200 freestyle. Peyton Purdy. 2 minutes, 14.78 seconds. 200 intermediate. Hazel Pham with 2 minutes, 32.84 seconds. The 1 meter dive. Presley winners victorious again. 217.50 points. The 100 butterfly. Madison Austin, 1 minute, 3.04 seconds. The 100 freestyle, Lofgren, at 1 minute, 7.46 seconds. 500 freestyle, Purdy crosses the line once again, 6 minutes, 4.96 seconds. 200 freestyle relay, Michelle Henderson Bellows, Lofgren, Macy Lofgren, and Madison Austin. So there's the Emily Lofgren and a Macy Lofgren. They were both on this squad, 1 minute, 58.96 seconds. 100 backstroke. Kate Austin. 1 minute, 6.71 seconds. 100 breast. We'll say another Austin. This time, Madison Austin with the breaststroke of 1 minute, 15.69 seconds. 400 freestyle. Purdy, Maggie Morris, Clark, and Pham. 4 minutes, 22.78 seconds. Boys soccer. Oregon fell to Faith Christian 6-2. Oregon's Gavin Morrow had both of the Hawk goals. Mendota 7, Princeton 0. For Mendota, Cesar Casas had two goals. Sebastian Carlos had two goals. David Casas, one goal. Johan Cortez had a goal. And Mauricio Salinas also had a goal. Different scores. Big win, 7-0. Also on the pitch, Byron tied with Riverdale 4-4. And DeKalb fell to Wabonzi Valley 3-0. To the volleyball court, Oregon beat North Boone 25-12, 25-22. For Oregon, Maddie Schaefer, 3 aces, 15 digs, and 2 assists. And Kenna Wabena, 9 digs, 9 kills. Oregon is now 8-7-2 overall and 1-1 in the Big Northern Conference. Newman defeated Kiwani 25-22, 25-18. Fort Newman, Kennedy Rousey, 14 kills, one block, three digs. Jess Johns, 10 kills, two assists, two aces, 13 digs. Newman is 14-2 on the year, 6-0 in the Three Rivers Conference East Division. Geneseo beat Rock Island, 25-21, 28-26. Talking about getting close and up there in score. For the Maple Leafs. Lizzie Raps, six kills, seven digs, one assist block. And Callie Williams, four kills, one ace, eight assists, seven digs. The Maple Leafs are now six and eight overall and four and two in the Western Big Six. Earlville beat Leland 25-14, 25-14. For Earlville, Hannah Path, 11 points, one block. And Avea Sanson, six kills, 12 digs. Hinkley Big Rock beat Indian Creek. 25-18, 16 25-15. 25-15. 4-I-C, Allie Peterson, 1 ace, 5 kills, 3 digs, and 2 blocks. And Izzy Turner, 2 ace, 6 assists, 5 kills, 2 digs, 1 block. 
doing a little bit of everything, both of them. Burrow Valley beat Mendota 14-25, 25-23, 25-19. For Mendota, Rihanna Brandt, 13 kills and two blocks, and Grace Wasmer, five kills and three blocks. This was also the match that Burrow Valley senior Kate Salisbury went over the 1,000 assist mark. She's also the assist leader all time for the Storm. Just a hint, we talked to Salisbury and first-year coach Sage Barnett just yesterday for an upcoming podcast. AFC loses to Fulton, 25-13, 25-15. Amboy falls to Forreston, 17-25, 25-23, 12-25. Stillman Valley falls to Winnebago in two sets. Genoa Kingston beat Rockford Christian, 25-16, 25-22 for GK, Elena Pierce, 16 kills and 13 digs, and Olivia Keegan, 13 assists, 7 kills. Girls tennis, to the tennis court we go. Dixon 4, Princeton 1 for Dixon. Number 1 singles player Grace Ferguson got a W, and number 2 Addison Arges. In doubles, number 2 doubles Brooklyn Arges and Rachel Lance won for Dixon, and in three doubles, Sienna Kemmerman and Lily Herrera were victorious. Cross country was at Mendota. Few different teams were there, but for the boys, only two teams had scores as Mendota had 22 and Princeton 37. Anthony Kelson from Mendota won with a 17-44. Augustus Swanson from Princeton was second with a 18-14. For the girls, Ruby Acker of Princeton won with a 22-24. Princeton's Alex Waka was second with a 23-57. And Amboy's Sam Nauman was third with a 25-59. Burrow Valley defeated Kiwani, Galva, and Rock Ridge as Burrow Valley had 23 points. For the Storm, Adrian Galarado was third with 19-37. Boys Golf, the Northwest Upstate Illini Conference meet, Amboy was 13th place. Carson Barlow, however, was third as an individual with a 95. For the girls, Emma Dingus shot a 125. Ottawa defeated Sycamore in a duel, 155 to 159. For the Pirates, Seth Cooper was a medalist, 36. Chandler Creedon, a 38. Drake Kaufman, 40. Briar Harris, a 41. For the Spartans of Sycamore, Gavin Sedevi. And Matthew Luce had 39s, Luther Swedberg a 40, and Andrew Swedberg a 41. Byron defeated Genoa Kingston 153 to 191. For Byron, they're the regular season champions, finishing with a record of 9-0. In girls golf, Byron, the girls, couldn't have only one golf champion as they did it too. 8-0 on the year after defeating Genoa Kingston and Oregon. 197, 214 to 215. Seneca defeated Princeton and LP in a triangular. Seneca had a 205, Princeton a 218, and LP a 251. For Seneca, Piper Stenzel had a medalist 34. Princeton's Eddie Heck shot a 47, and LaSalle Pru's Ellie Tome had a 52. Moving on down the road, we're trucking to Wednesday, September 20th. And we're going to start with girls swimming and diving for the third straight day. Why not? The LaSalle Peru Co-op 
78, Central Catholic 24. All the winners I'm about to announce are all Cavaliers from LaSalle, Peru. 200 Relay, Sam Nauman, Sarah Lowry, Finley Yopes, and Kaylee Ghosh with a 2 minutes, 4.6 seconds. If you did not notice, I said Sam Nauman. It is not the same girl who runs for Amboy. Another hint, hint, working on a podcast with both Sam Naumans. 200 freestyle, Clara Guglametti with a 2 minute 11.01 second run. 200 intermediate, Nauman, 2 minutes 23.25 seconds. 500 freestyle, Gauche with a 28.25. 100 freestyle, Yeps with a 58.78. 500 freestyle, Nauman once again, 5 minutes, 43.83 seconds. 200 freestyle relay, that's a relay, not a relay. Evie Yepsen, Gauche, Quinn Wilkinson, and Guglielmetti, 1 minute, 53.97 seconds. The 100 backstroke, Eddie Nance, 1 minute, 8.51 seconds. 400 freestyle relay, Nauman, Wilkinson, Nance, and Guglielmetti, 4 minutes, 5.48 5.48 seconds. On to the volleyball court. St. Bede beat Earlville 25-18, 25-11. For the Bruins, Ashlyn M. had 5 Ks and 2 blocks. Aubrey Acuncius, 19 assists and 2 aces. For Earlville, Nevaeh Sanson, 6 points, 3 aces, 6 kills, and 7 digs. Brooklyn Geldy, 15 assists. Plano defeated Sandwich 25-22, 25-19. For the Reapers of Plano, Alexa Sabieskek, two aces, eight digs. Rita Laura, five kills, 11 assists, eight digs. Kaylee Young and Chloe Rowe both have five blocks apiece. That's insane. Insane amount of blocks. Mendota over Kiwani, 23-25, 25-15, 25-19. For Mendota, Lele Denault, 10 kills, four aces. Rihanna Brandt, 9 kills, and Lily Lifeite, 23 digs. Boys soccer, Kiwani's Christian Caresses scored 2 goals to pass Santos Contreras as the all-time goal leader when they beat Streeter 3-1. Congratulations to Christian, that is a huge accomplishment. Earlville and Serena tied at 4-4. For the Red Raiders, Griffin Cook, three goals, one assist. Carlos Gonzalez, one goal. And Trenton Fruit, two assists. Plano, eight. Richmond Burton, one. Plano is now nine and five overall, three and four in the Interstate Eight. Goals were scored by Jacob Bustos. Christ Kaliba had two. Devon Stamps had three. Antonio Silva and Santiago Cervantes also had one each. Assist went from Kaliba, Stamps, Felipe Mendoza, Cervantes had two, and Henry Trujillo had three. Going back to the Greens, boys golf, Aurora Marmion Cadet Invite at Aurora Country Club. St. Charles North won with a 315. Ottawa was fourth with a 327, and Caneland fifth with a 330. For Ottawa, Briar Harris had a 78, Drake Kaufman an 82, Colt Bryson an 83, and Seth Cooper an 84. Hall in a duel against Fieldcrest. The Red Devils won 179 to 187 at Spring Creek Golf Course in Spring Valley. Hall is now 10 and 3 on the year. For the Red Devils, Jake Diaz, a medalist, 41. 
Landon Plim, 42, Noah Plim, a 45, and Joseph Perez, a 51. Sterling lost to Galesburg, 153 to 179. For Sterling, Mason Hubbard had a 32. That is two under par. Whew, crushing it. Cole Cushman and Bryce Hartman had 45s, and Grant Hartman had a 46. We got a couple days left, but first, let's have a word with one of our fantastic sponsors. Surf Internet's fast fiber internet is more reliable and 25 times faster than cable. Unlike other local providers, we're proud to provide transparent, all-in pricing that includes equipment fees and taxes. With speed packages starting at $35 a month, you'll get a free modem, free expert insulation, and free whole home Wi-Fi on most plans. Plus, no contracts, no data caps, at a price that's locked in for life. Whew, $35 a month. I don't know if you can beat that. No, no, you can't. Go to surfinternet.com to learn more or call 844-955-SURF for details. That's 844-955-SURF. Limited time offer, restrictions apply. Moving on to Thursday, September 21st. Back to the volleyball court. Putnam County beat St. Bede 25-16, 24-26, 25-15. LaSalle Peru beat Ottawa 25-13, 25-15. Amboy fell to Fulton 25-9, 25-6. Earlville beat Depew 25-13, 25-7. For the Red Raiders, Hannah Path, 11 points, 5 assists, 3 kills. Nevaeh Sansun, 3 kills, 3 digs. Genoa Kingston beat Oregon, 25-18, 25-10. For GK, Kenna Wabana, 5 kills, 4 digs. And Riley Robertson, 6 digs. Oregon is now 8-8-2 on the year, 1-2 in the BNC. Big Northern Conference. Indian Creek beat Leland 25-12, 25-14. For the Indians, Izzy Turner, one block assist, one ace, three digs, three kills, three assists. IC is now five wins, 14 losses, one tie on the year. They're 3-3 three three in the Little Ten. Sterling beat Geneseo 25-22, 27-25. Sterling is 9-5-1 overall, 5-2 in the Western Big Six, while the Maple Leaves are 6-9 overall, 4-3 in the Western Big Six. For Geneseo, Kaylee Williams, 4 kills, 1 ace, 6 assists. Ellie Barakman, 6 kills. For Sterling, Carly Sullivan, 9 kills. Olivia Melcher, 7 kills, 6 digs, 1 block. And Delilah Amanqua, 6 aces, 14 assists. Girls Tennis, Newman lost to East Moline, 6-3. For Newman, at one singles victory, number four, Julia Rhodes. Julia Rhodes turned that into a doubles win as well as she joined Emily Beattie, number one doubles team. The number two doubles team of Maddie Taylor Steffens and Emily Berger were also victorious. To the golf course we go, the Tri-County Conference meet. Boys edition, St. Bede won with a 352. Tied for second at 357. Roanoke, Benson, and Dwight. Henry with a 359 was fourth. Marquette was fifth with a 373. Midland seventh with a 391. Putnam County had a 412 for eighth. Woodland with 459 was ninth. For St. Bede, Luke Tunnel had a 79. Roanoke, Benson's Tucker Bond an 86. 
Henry's Carson Rowe in 81. Carson Zellers from Marquette had an 84. Owen LaRoe from Midland in 88. Seneca's Keegan Murphy a 92. Putnam County's Miles Walder, Logan Keese, and Jake Dove all had 102s. For the girls, Seneca won with a 411. Roanoke Benson had a 416. And St. Bede a 485. For Seneca, Piper Stenzel had a 93. Ebby Heineke from Roanoke Benson had a 92, and St. Bede's Anna Syraki had a 107. Back to boys golf, Roanoke Benson beat Fieldcrest in a duel, 169 to 183. For Roanoke Benson, Nolan Hunter was medalist with a 38. Jack Lehman had a 43. Caden Harms and Tucker Bond shot 44s. To Friday, September 22nd, football week 5. Number 10 in 1A, N1 Weathersfield 42, Ebigon Avon 0. N1 Weathersfield now 4 and 1. AFC fell to Christian Life 28 to 22. AFC is 1 and 4 after 5 weeks of ball. Burrow Valley moves to 3 and 2 after beating Mendota, who is winless at 0 and 5, 35 to 14. For Burrow Valley, Elijah Endress. 21 carries, 239 yards, 5 touchdowns. For Mendota, Justin Randolph, the senior quarterback, was 22 of 42, 225 yards. Wide receiver Braden Freeman, 8 catches for 109 yards. Talk about a dynamic air duo. DeKalb fell to 2-3 with a 42-20 loss to Naperville North. Dixon stayed undefeated at 5-0 with a 42-0 shutout over Rockford Lutheran. 1A's number 7 ranked Newman advanced to 4-1 with a 22-7 victory over Erie Prophetstown. El Paso Gridley fell to Tri-Valley, which is the number 2 team in 2A in the weekly polls, 31-13. EPG is now 3-2 on the year. Fieldcrest Dropped a game to Hayworth, 29-28. Fieldcrest scored with 59.3 seconds left in the fourth to cut the lead to one, but could not convert the two-point conversion. The Knights fall to two and three. Number nine in 4A, Geneseo beat Galesburg, 43-3. The Maple Leafs are now 5-0. Genoa Kingston Moved up to 3-2 on the year with a 28-26 close, tight-knit victory over Winnebago. Game that I was at and called play-by-play for the Wolf 96-5. Kiwani stayed undefeated at 5-0 with a 41-0 victory over Hall, which fell to 2-3. For Hall, Aiden and Tristan Redcliffe. Tristan's a senior, Aiden's a sophomore. They each had eight tackles apiece and shared one pretty heroic sack. For Kiwani, Alejandro Duarte had two touchdowns on the ground. He's a running back, pounded right up the middle as much as he could in the second half. And senior quarterback Braden Clark had two passing touchdowns. Number three in 4A, Morris stayed undefeated as they beat LaSalle Peru 42-0. The Cavaliers are 3-2 on the year, fighting for a playoff spot. Stillman Valley is also 3-2 after losing to North Boone 19-14.
the top-ranked team in 3A, Byron beat Oregon 51-0. Byron undefeated, Oregon 2-3. For Byron, Caden Considine, three touchdowns on 11 carries for 75 yards. Kainlin beat Ottawa 49-14. Kainlin's 3-2, Ottawa's 2-3. Plano is also 2-3 after losing to Richmond Burton 42-7. Richmond Burton is the number ninth ranked team in Class 4A. If you don't know, the ranks go 1A, small schools, 8A, big schools, and everywhere in between. The higher number you go, the more population, the more enrollment there is in the school. Eight-man football, Polo moves to 4-1 with a 42-6 victory over River Ridge. For Polo, Delo Fernandez. Scored the first touchdown of the game on a 60-yard run. He then had another scoring touchdown as he had eight carries for 118 yards. Seneca, the number three ranked team in Class 2A, stayed undefeated with a 51-7 victory over Ridgewood. Back to eight-man football. Amboy Lamoille, Ohio, sneaked the 48-42 victory past Ridgewood, another Ridgewood, but in different locations as the Seneca Ridgewood opponent is 11 man. The Amboy Lamoille, Ohio opponent Ridgewood is eight man, different parts of the state for Amboy Lamoille, Ohio, Landon Welchel, three touchdowns, 146 yards on the ground. Quinn Leffelman, two touchdowns, 102 yards on the ground. So 248 yards on the ground between two people. Crazy. Rock Falls got its first win of the season to move to 1-4 with a 21-16 victory over Rockford Christian. Sandwich moved to 4-1 after beating Johnsburg 28-6. Princeton, the number three team in 3A, moved to 4-1 after defeating Sterling 28-6. Sterling is now 2-3 on the year. That is a huge win as Sterling is a bigger school, bigger class, and Princeton beat them 28-6. Streeter falls to 1-4 after a 27-12 letdown to Hersher. Sycamore, number two in Class 5A, is undefeated after they beat Rochelle 21-6. The hubs of Rochelle are now 3-2. Yorkville is at 2-3 after losing to West Aurora 17-14. St. Bede picked up a 42-8 victory over Westmont to move to 3-2. Marquette is 4-1 after receiving a forfeit victory over Walter Christian. The polls going into week 6, which is about to start in about 4.5 hours. In Class 1A, Newman is number 7 with a 4-1 record. They received 53 votes as they stay in the 7th spot where they were last week. Anawan Weathersfield moved from number 9 last week to number 10 this week, as they are 4-1 and and received 16 votes, also receiving one vote with St. Bede. In 2A, Seneca's number 3, 5-0 record, 98 votes, and they were also 3rd last week. Maroa Forsyth is the number 1 spot, and Tri-Valley is number 2, It seems like those three are locked in. They're not moving. They're not shifting unless there's a crazy upset. But those three teams are pretty tough. In 3A, Byron is number one, undefeated at 5-0. 
128 votes. They've received all 13 first place votes as they stayed at the top spot. They've been there since week two. Week three, actually. Princeton lost in week two after being the top spot, and Byron overtook them. Princeton, which is at number three, four and one record, 82 votes. Last week, they were at number four. In 4A, number three, Morris, undefeated, stays at number three, as they were last week, and received 101 votes. The top nine in Class 4A are all undefeated, including number nine, Geneseo, who received 35 votes and stayed at number nine from last week. Also receiving votes is Dixon. So they were outside of the top 10. They received two votes, and they're also 5-0. and In 5A, Sycamore, also 5-0, and is the number two ranked team. 125 votes put them there. They had one first place vote, and they stay at the number two spot. Trying to move up the ladder. Got one more rung, one more rung. But I know what they're shooting for, and that's a state championship. Saturday, September 23rd, girls swimming and diving, the Freeport Invitational. Byron won it with a 246. Sterling was second with a 190 as they battled nine other teams. 11 teams were in the pool, literally in the pool, and figuratively, the pool of competitors. The one-meter dive, Edison Bossman from Byron. She's a junior, 415.35 points. The 200 relay medley, or 200 medley relay. Let's say it right here. Let's get it in correct order. From Sterling, Kate Austin, Peyton Purdy, Sammy Knox, Madison Austin, one minute, 59.81 seconds. 200 intermediate, Byron's Maddie Groherring, two minutes, 20.06 seconds. The 100 butterfly, Groherring was victorious once again, one minute, 1.52 seconds. 200 freestyle relay for Byron, Natalie Kilmer, Bailey Vincer, Riley Vatch, and Maddie Groherring. There's that name again. 1 minute, 18.65 seconds. The 100 backstroke, Sterling's Madison Austin. 1 minute, 3.09 seconds. The 400 freestyle relay, Sterling victorious, Kate Austin, Peyton Purdy, Sammy Knox, Madison Austin. 3 minutes, 55.85 seconds to the volleyball court and to the tournament in Caneland, the Caneland tournament. Geneseo defeated Aurora Central Catholic 25-10-19-25-15-9. Lost to Downers Grove North 25-11-25-14. Yorkville beat Geneseo 25-15-21-15-15-11. Geneseo beat Batavia, then beat Aurora Central Catholic to win the silver bracket. Amboy was at the polo tournament. They split with Morrison and Dakota as there was only two sets. Lost to Orangeville and River Ridge. The Reed Custer Invitational. Mendota went 1-3-1. Defeating Hall. Tying with Putnam County. Losing to Sissa Park, Elmwood, and Putnam County. Mendota is now 8-9-1 on the season. Cross Country. The Rock River Run in Sterling. And the boys, Caneland won the team results with 81 points. Individually, Sterling's Dale Johnson was the champ, 15 minutes, 23 seconds. For Princeton, Augustus Swanson was 49th with a 17.35. In the girls' race, Hampshire won it with a 45, the team stats. 
and the individual was Sandra Weber from Sandwich with the 1727. Princeton's Avery Waka ran a 25-11 for 111th place. The Boiler Invite. There was 19 teams there, and Mendota's Anthony Kelson won with a 17-15. Girls Tennis, the LP Team Invite. Dixon took third as Dixon beat LaSalle Pru 5-0, lost to Normal University 3-2, and then beat Hananiga 5-0. Boys Soccer, Earlville 5, Stillman Valley 3 for the Red Raiders. Griffin Cook, 3 goals to assist. Trenton Fruit, 2 goals, 1 assist. And Easton Fruit, 1 goal. Mendota beat Monmouth Roseville 1-0 as Isaac Diaz had the goal and Cesar Casas with the assist. Boys Golf, Mendota Modified Ryder Cup. Ottawa won the event with a 221. Morris was second with a 232. Rock Falls third with a 239. Mendota fourth with a 241. Burrow Valley had a 248 for fifth. LaSalle Peru a 249 for sixth. Newman was seventh with a 252. Hall eighth with a 257. Princeton had a 268 for ninth. Stillman Valley was tenth with a 278. Kiwani was 11th with a 320, and Putnam County 12th with a 331. Great golf, great sports all around the board. That's why we do what we do. It's awesome to see what they're able to accomplish. The winning, the losing, when it's close, even when it's far away, they're in there putting in the work, putting the time, and doing their best. All you can ask for. So we got to put a spotlight on that. Does your driver need a new grip? Seven iron need a new head. Putter need to be replaced. Want to play a simulator during rainy cold days? Sports Boss Golf is your one-stop shop for everything golf. Located at 2950 Kane Road in Leland, Sports Boss has over 10,000 used clubs and new clubs for sale. Owner Mark Wright rebuilds, repairs, replenishes the value of every club in his own shop. Want a Callaway? Sports Boss has it. A Betonardi? Bridgestone, Cleveland, Cobra, Exotics, Crank, Mizuno, Odyssey, Puma, Strixon, TaylorMade, Tor Edge, Wilson. Woo! Sports Boss has a partnership with each one of those top brands. Check out Sports Boss Golf Shop on Facebook or call Sports Boss Golf at 815-326-9686 or email sportsboss777 at gmail.com. To book simulator time, inquire about repairing or purchasing clubs, and any other golf needs. Let's do some mixing and matching. We're going to go through these quicker than I'd like, but not like super quick. Maybe 35.6 seconds. I don't know, but we're wasting time talking instead of talking about these. Let's go. First of all, these are arranged just how I wrote them down. As I see things, as I read something, I jot down what I want to talk about for mix and match. And then I just, as soon as I put it in there, that's the order it goes in. So, the first few are older than the last few, but all always great talking points, including BG, a rapper from the late 90s that was, I'd say, pretty popular, pretty famous, member of the Cash Money Records crew with Lil Wayne, Juvenile, and Turk. Turk, probably the least popular and then the other three, I mean, Lil Wayne has definitely blown up million sales and his albums are crazy and he's my favorite of all time. I'm just saying, but you probably already know that if you listen to the show. 
But Juvenile and BG at that time in the late 90s were better known, better recognized, and thought as better rappers than Lil Wayne. Time changes, things change, but that's what it was back then. He was released from prison after 12 years. Don't recommend anybody going to prison, but he did something to get put there. He deserved it. If I remember right, it was drugs. He went and got his hair done after 12 years of living in prison with grown men that who knows what's going on. Had a little video on social media that a girl took, put it on. I think it was his sister or a really close friend. Anyway, he flips his hair and it does look kind of feminine. It does, but he was happy to have his hair done and he was just doing his thing and living his life. It gets put on social media and everybody bashed him. Called him gay, said, hey, some things happened in prison. What happened? Like, you know, kind of getting a little graphic, things like that on both Facebook and Twitter where the dude just got his hair done. He didn't say or do anything super crazy to, you know, make you think that. But even if you do, who cares? The dude's out of prison. Let him live his life. Just let him live. University of Colorado, coached by Deion Sanders, prime time. One of my favorite players of all time, no doubt. Starts the season on fire. They beat TCU 45-42. Beat Nebraska, a big school back in the day. Been having problems struggling for the last couple decades. But Colorado beats Nebraska 36-14 September 9th. September 16th, they beat Colorado State in overtime 43-35. Everybody is on the Colorado bandwagon, Deion Sanders bandwagon, things of that nature. Then they run into number nine ranked in the country, Oregon. They destroy Colorado 42-6 last Saturday, September 23rd. And for all the praise that Deion Sanders was getting through the wins, and he's doing something miracle, and he's making college football relevant, and Colorado is absolutely everywhere. You cannot turn on a sports station, whether it radio, TV, whatever. You cannot talk sports with a friend without Colorado or Deion Sanders being mentioned. That is awesome. All the props in the world. But as soon as they come off of that high note just a little bit, then he starts getting destroyed. And Deion Sanders said this. And then he said this and said that. And I knew, I knew as the progression of the peak was building and everybody was buying into Deion Sanders and the way he coaches and the way he wants things ran and he's doing old school and stuff like that. I'm all for it. And I agree with him. I totally do. I get what he's saying every step of the way, but you know, there's going to be haters. You know, there's going to be people trying to dissect you as soon as you're not as high on that mountaintop as you once, as you were once before. And that's exactly what happened to Deion Sanders. And if they lose to USC tomorrow at 11 o'clock in the morning, USC is eighth in the country. One step ahead of Oregon, probably going to lose Colorado is. And the negative talk about Colorado and Deion Sanders is again going to spike. It shouldn't. He's doing his program. He's doing his thing. He's coaching these kids how to play. The crazy thing is, is if you keep talking smack, you're going to get your head busted in in the next couple years when all these young kids, all these great football players are like, hey, I want to go play for Coach Brown because it's going to happen. Unless he leaves Colorado, which is possible, but I don't see him leaving unless he gets one of those top premier jobs of like a Alabama, a Clemson. And those guys ain't going anywhere. So we'll see what happens. WWE, UFC, under the same umbrella now, TKO Holdings. I think it's great 
for marketing purposes, I don't think that they're going to try to put them together. They have two different properties. There are businesses all over the world that have companies underneath them. They're the umbrella and they run companies different because they're different. And I believe that's what's going to happen with UFC and the WWE. Is there going to be some interchanging? Yeah, but there already was. Brock Lesnar, Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey. I could keep listing a couple more. It has already happened. CM Punk. It has happened already. And why not? It's okay if they intermingle different sports, but it's not going to become one. Vince McMahon still has say in what happens in WWE. Triple H still has say what happens in WWE. Things are going to change a little bit. And even if they change a big bit, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe change is needed. I don't see how this combining, how this buying and putting both of these entities together is a negative. Just don't see it. This writer's strike that is going on in Hollywood needs to stop. It just needs to stop. Need better TV. Need things to entertain us. Get stuff settled. Promoters, promotions, motion picture companies, TV companies, pay your people. Just pay them to write good stuff. You get your money. You got plenty of money already. Share with them. Then gouge us all you want to. Because we let you. Winning time. The rise of the Lakers legacy was on HBO. One of my favorite shows I think I've watched in at least the last 10 years because it was real TV. It wasn't reality. It wasn't a life docu-series. It was creative people being creative with a real story. That is okay to change depictions of characters and things like that. However, the characters don't like that, so they start talking smack, a.k.a. Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and then they cancel the show. Ratings were high for the HBO show. They didn't cancel it because of ratings. They canceled it so they didn't hurt the feelings of two legends in basketball. I understand that. On the other side of things, we know their story. They've had the opportunity to tell it. We know what happened between the Lakers and the Celtics in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. We know the story of Magic Johnson and HIV. We know Larry Bird's story. We know all these things. You've done your documentaries. You've done your talking. Why can't somebody be creative and do something different to tell the story differently from a different perspective in a different light instead of yours? Didn't depict anybody in a negative way. Different is okay besides negative. So you want us to wait for you to pass away and then you can do something? And that's why that happens because people complain and moan and groan about people being creative with their story. You've already told it. Everybody already knows. Why can't we just be creative and let fans have a creative, funny outlook on things instead of the real facts, which are cool? I wouldn't know everything I know about Magic Johnson, Jerry Buss, Jerry West, all that other stuff if I didn't already look into it, if I didn't already read, if I didn't already watch the a million other biographies or read books. I have read books on the same subject. Why can't we have fun with it too? Instead, you cancel it because you're complaining. And now I get to complain about you on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. The NFL, we are through weeks two and week three. And of course, week one. But we'd already talked about week one. Quick overview. Obviously, Nick Chubb, Trevon Diggs, Joe Burrow battling injuries. Chubb, Trevon Diggs out for the year. Joe Burrow should sit down, but he's still trying to play. Does not look good. His ankle, leg, calf, it's the calf. You can obviously tell it hurts. He needs to sit down, but he won't because he's a killer. 
and that's why we love them. Want them to play, but we want them to be healthy, and that is the double negative oxymoron of the NFL. Injuries stink. They take players that we want to see play the game out of the game. They hurt fantasy teams, you know, all these things. But health, number one, important. So my thoughts, condolences, you know, get better, get stronger, do your thing to get back on the field for Nick Chubb and Trayvon Diggs and all the other people that hurt. The list on the IR is pretty long. It is actually very long because it's football. That's what happens. You get into this game knowing that you're going to get hurt. Maybe not day one. Maybe not day 15, or maybe it's day one and you're healthy by day 300 and you're crushing it. Who knows? Nobody knows. That's just how it works, but we know that's how it works. The Bears are awful. Don't really want to talk about them. It's sad as a football fan. I'm wearing my Justin Fields jersey as long as I can while it's relevant because he will not be a Chicago Bear next year. And if he is, he's not going to be a starter. My Super Bowl prediction, if I was just looking at games as info to who I think is going to be the best teams at the end of the year, barring any injuries, the Miami Dolphins and the San Francisco 49ers are monsters. And I think it'd be a cool Super Bowl matchup. So that's who I'm going with early after week three. El Hio del Vikingo, a wrestler that I saw at Dreamwave the last couple times, including in August when I think him and El Gringo Loco had the best match that I've ever seen in person. So many high spots, so awesome. They told the story. It was absolutely great. Well, Del Vikingo gets awarded for his amazingness as PWI, Professional Wrestling Illustrated, ranked him number five top wrestlers. They have a PWI 500, so ranked 500 wrestlers, and he was number five. Number five. Seth Rollins was number one. I believe Roman Reigns was number two. John Moxley, who was Dean Ambrose, that's the three that were the Shield, was, I believe, number four. There was a number three in there that I did not know. I did not recognize the name. And he's right there. So he's above the rest of the guys that are in AEW or WWE. El Hijo del Vikingo. Keep doing your thing. It's a lot of fun watching you, and I know I'm going to continue. Crazy Bone of... Bone Thugs and Harmony is in critical condition. Sad. One of my favorite rappers. The flow, the harmony, just so great. But we all get older. We all get illness. Something happens. And he's going through that right now. So hopefully he can battle through and get out of critical condition and live a healthy life. Brianna Stewart wins the WNBA MVP. National media writers, they're the ones that vote. Stewart had 446 votes. Alyssa Thomas had 439. And Asia Wilson had 433. Wilson was the MVP last year. So Brianna Stewart taking the crown, taking the tiara as the New York Liberty forward. This is her second MVP as she won in 2018 for this season. 40 regular season games played. Six in the playoffs, but the playoffs don't matter for this award. 23 points per game, 9.3 rebounds, 1.5 steals, and 1.6 blocks per game. Did her thing. I haven't watched a lot of WNBA. I couldn't tell you who the best player is, but I do know Brianna Stewart has been in headlines. She's been doing her thing for New York Liberty and playing pretty solid ball. The MLB postseason starts Monday, October 2nd. 
Most of the spots are filled, but we still got some battles. We'll break down the AL first. In the American League East, Baltimore Orioles wrapped it up. 100 wins, 59 losses. Three years ago, they had lost 100 or more games. This year, they win 100 or more games. That's an insane turnaround in just three seasons. Because now they have the best record in the AL with the 159. That is pretty awesome. 100 wins, 59 losses. They're locked into the playoffs. Also in the AL East, the Tampa Bay Rays lock up a wild card with a 97-62 and 62 record. In the Central, Minnesota Twins ran away with it. 85 wins, 74 losses. There's no wild card in the Central. Minnesota's record's not even that good. Don't think they're going to get out of the first round or their first series. Not at all. The Sox were absolutely pitiful. 61 wins, 98 losses. I went and seen them twice. Man, I wish I wouldn't have. <laughs> this is bad. It was bad baseball. Bad baseball. AL West. I'm just kidding. I'll always go see the Sox and the Cubs as much as I can. But I want to see them win or at least play good baseball. This was not the year. Back to regular schedule programming. AL West. We're duking it out until the very end. The Texas Rangers, 89 and 70. Houston Astros, 87 and 72. Seattle Mariners, 86 wins, 73 losses. Two will make it. They're going to get a wild card, and one is obviously going to win the division. Who will it be? I think for the most part, it's going to be the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros. They've just been dominant. However, Seattle did beat Texas yesterday on Thursday, 3-2. So they're going at it. They're battling. I just think Seattle's going to be the one that finds themselves outside of the playoffs. But this is a gamble, to say the least. All three of them, great squads. Two of them are going to get in. I'm going to be all eyes, all ears, all tablet, all phone, watching everything to try to see who it is. In the National League, in the East, Atlanta Braves, best record in the NL, 103 wins, 56 losses. I think they're going to the World Series. I don't see anybody that's going to get in their way. Just me personal feelings about that. Philadelphia Phillies, or what I like to call them, the Philly Phillies, 89 wins, 70 losses. They are in the wild card. In the Central, Milwaukee Brewers, 90 wins, 69 losses. They locked up the division. The Chicago Cubs and Cincinnati Reds are battling for wild cards as the Cubs are 82 wins, 77 losses, the Reds 81 and 78. However, the Cubs have lost their last three and they're four and six in the last 10. In the NL West, the LA Dodgers, they locked it up. 98 wins, 61 losses. If anybody beats Atlanta, it's going to be LA, but I'm still rooting for the Braves. The Arizona Diamondbacks are 84 and 75, San Diego Padres 79 and 80. So the Cubs, Reds, Diamondbacks and Padres are all battling for that last wild card spot. Obviously, I want the Cubs to win. Hopefully, hopefully they can do it. But Arizona's got 84 wins. Cubs got 82. And the Cubs are not playing great baseball at the moment. The Dame Lillard trade. Woof, I'm glad this happened. And I'm cool with him going to the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks get Damian Lillard, the point guard that was at Portland Trailblazers, he wanted to stay there, wanted to stay there, but they couldn't put any pieces around him. I don't blame him for wanting to leave, and I think it was a good decision to get this trade done and have it done now. The Blazers in the trade get Drew Holiday from the Bucks, DeAndre Ayton from the Bucks, Tamani Kamara 
A 2029 first round pick and two pick swaps. The Phoenix Suns get Joseph Nurchik from the Blazers, Grayson Allen from the Bucks, Nassar Little, and Keon Johnson, who was with the Suns. If you look at the three squads and what they got, I think it helps every single one of them. But to pair Dame Lillard with Giannis Antetokounmpo, that is a dynamic duo that is insane. Plus, you still got Chris Middleton. You got Brooke Lopez, who has been that defensive rock. You got Bobby Portis, who is your energy guy, who can also make threes, make buckets, plays great defense. That is going to be a squad real tough to deal with. Blazers, I heard they're trying to get rid of Holiday, trade him off, whatever. Bring him to Chicago. Let him be a Chicago Bull. I would love that more than I could ever tell you how much I would love that. DeAndre Ayton, a good piece, and he needed to get out of the Suns lineup with so many great players. I don't know if he's a number one, but he's probably a number two. With the Suns, he was like a number four or a number five. Put him on the Blazers. Give him some room to grow and be himself a great player, and I think they're going to be okay. Plus, you get a 2029 first-round pick. Yeah, that always helps. The Suns, they, they didn't have any depth. They made these trades, got rid of players to bring in Kevin Durant. They needed some depth. Grayson Allen, although I hate him, he took out Alex Caruso a couple seasons ago and never liked him since. But Nassar Little, Keon Johnson, Joseph Nurchik can all play the game. They're all pretty good, and now they got depth to add to the bona fide stars that are in Phoenix. Last note, not a high note, but a thank you for everything you did note as Brooks Robinson passed away. He was born May 18th, 1937, passed away September 26th of 2023. He played in the MLB one team, the Baltimore Orioles, from 1955 to 1977. The third baseman had many nicknames, such as the Human Vacuum Cleaner, Mr. Hoover, and Mr. Oriole. He's an 18-time All-Star, 16 consecutive Golden Gloves, 16 in a row. That's great defense. That's a great glove. Two World Series championships with the 1966 and the 1970 Orioles. The 1970 Series, he did win an MVP. He was also named the AL MVP in 1964. He's considered one of the best defensive third basemen of all time. 2,870 games played in his 20 seasons. 22 seasons, sorry. Remains the most ever games played. Let me re-say that number. 2,870 games played. Remains the most games a player's ever played. Wow. Batting average was 267. Had 2,848 hits. 268 home runs, 1,357 RBI. He's in the Hall of Fame. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And he deserves to be remembered and thanked for everything he did for baseball. R.I.P. Brooks Robinson. The cold weather is upon us, but it's not here yet. Still sunny, still beautiful when it wants to be. This means you want your lawn just right for the winter. So do all of those last minute repairs. Do all those last second things that you need to do before the bad weather comes. Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping is the definition of lawn beautification. The company offers tree removal, lawn care, stump grinding, and spring and fall cleanup to residential and commercial customers. Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping is fully insured and offers a senior citizen discount. 
Call 815-878-7504 for a free estimate from Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping. And I don't know about you, but after I'm working on the yard or even watching someone else do the outdoor manicuring, I know I get hungry. Coming soon to Little Joe's Gaming Cafe is a kitchen serving a variety of great eats. Go to Little Joe's located at 713 Illinois Ave in Mendota or call 815-538-4900 for more information. Well, that is a wrap on the intro. Thank you for joining me through it all. Win, lose, stat, mix and match. And now we got great, great, great guests in Marquette volleyball coach Mindy McConaughey and boy Lamoille, Ohio football coach Scott Payne and Hall Putnam County football coach Randy Teeman. Thank you every single time you hit the download or the play button or the listen, whatever you got to do to listen to Edge of Your Seat podcast. It is much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you every single time. And we'll be back real soon. Until then, peace. Volleyball season just ended a little bit ago, but there was so much awesomeness in the Illinois Valley in the northern central parts of Illinois, including Marquette Academy winning a regional title. We had to reach out. We had Mindy McConaughey, the Lady Crusaders coach here. Mindy, congratulations on a regional championship. Thank you. It was a wonderful year. I mean, we'll just elaborate right there. When you say wonderful year, what was it about this year that made it so special and to, you know, bring home some hardware? Oh, my gosh. You know, every year is is pretty torn to me. <laughs> I've been doing this quite a while. But there was just something about this group of girls, the dedication and the level of excitement, and there was just a lot of chemistry. It was every single day was fun. And, you know, not only, you can't always say that. <laughs> But it was it was a really great year. Um, they came in from day one ready to roll, and they definitely had a little bit of a chip on their shoulder from the season before. It didn't quite end the way we wanted it to. Um, they had some major goals, and we accomplished a lot of those. So it was it was a lot of fun. You said you've been doing this a long time. How many seasons have you been with Marquette now? Oof, okay. Um, well, I started coaching the JV. Um, <laughs> I always judge it by my kids' ages. My youngest daughter was one, and she's a sophomore in college now. So I've been at Marquette coaching for about 19 years. Um, and I believe this was my 12th or 13th varsity season. So it's been, it's been quite, a, quite a trip. <laughs> and how many regional titles is this for you now? Um, I believe this is the fourth. I was there for two of them when I worked with the News Tribune. I was trying to remember if there was another one in between, and if there's four, then there was for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's, like you said, it's, um, it's, it's been a pretty decent run here, and I really can't complain a whole lot. I've had some amazing athletes along the way, and uh, like I said, this group, they definitely, definitely uh, set the bar. Um, not only did we win the regional, they, they took the conference title outright. Uh, they won the conference tournament. We won two of our three tournaments. We took second at one of them, and they set the school record for wins, so... They uh, definitely wanted to leave their legacy. I had five awesome seniors. Um, they're definitely a special group of ladies. Uh, two of my coaches, they were fourth grade. So <laughs> I feel like with this group, I'm a little bit of a mama bear, and I'm uh, I'm going to have a hard time letting them go. <laughs> it's going to be weird. I'm trying to remember your record. Was it 32-7? and seven? We were 32-7, and seven, yes. The old school record was 30 wins, so. 32 and 7 is pretty fantastic. That's not easy to do around here. I mean, this is a pretty rich volleyball area we're in. It really is. Um, and that's what I always say. Like, it doesn't matter 1A, 2A, 3A. 
the Illinois Valley especially is just, it's a strong volleyball area. And um, I like to think that we do run a really competitive schedule. I mean, obviously, you know, our conference is pretty competitive. Um, but we, we do play mainly 2A, 3A, 4A schools. Uh, we went up to the Harvard term this year. I think there's only one other 1A school in the whole tournament. And we took second place. Um, we ended up losing to, uh, we ended up taking around Lake and 3 and beat them. And I'm having a total like moment right now. But um, the school we played was a 4A school. We went through with them, and it was super competitive. So... I think these guys definitely, um, definitely hung with, with a lot of really, really tough teams, and I'm just proud of the way they came out this year. Who are some of the players that made this team so successful this year? Oh my gosh! Um, it, here's the thing: like I can ever, I've had numerous people be like, you know, what do you think was different about this group, and what was so great? On the fact that we were really well balanced, um, and that's something too that when we went to different tournaments, or like in our conference, or even like the local newspapers. Like, when they do, like, the player of the year type stuff or, you know, all area. I had six girls that were all similar in kills. We had such a well-balanced group. And uh, we have awesome setters, uh, Kaylee Killaway and Mayra Jimenez are our setters. And they just are workhorses. They ran the offense really, really well this year. I had, like I said, I had six girls who could put down the ball if we needed it. Um, really strong middles and uh, Mary Lechtenberg and Lily Craig. And Avery Durden, who's a sophomore, came out for us just guns ablaze this year and did a really nice job. We could kind of put her in any any hitting situation, and she did a really nice job. Eva McCallum was a big kill for us, but I, I just got to say our defense was definitely a game changer. We've always been kind of an offensive team, and we had some height this year, so obviously going in, I think that was a nice part, but our defense was so strong. Lindsey Coffin was our libero, and she was a libero last year too, but she just absolutely owned the role this year, and she was just steady. You know, she's consistent. She has a great server seat, but she was that person that she put the defense on her back, and I honestly, God, don't even know how she got to half the ball. She did, but it was impressive. She's the one who made everyone on defense, you know, get on board. So I got to give that kid a ton of kudos, and obviously, like, high school volleyball, the liberos don't really get the credit they deserve. In college, they, they get a little bit <laughs> a little bit more recognition, but in high school, unfortunately, they don't. But the defense was a huge part of the year, and she was uh, a leader for us and, and honestly, like, got everybody wanting to work harder. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty lucky with the kiddos that I had. That's awesome. Every year, as soon as postseason comes along, you know, I hear, oh, they just won a regional. They could have went further. Oh, you know, stuff like that. Ah, it's just a regional. I think winning a regional is a huge deal. I played basketball for Mendota, and we had such a great team. Oh, you're going to go far. We never won a regional. So every time that yeah. I see a team win a regional, I'm like, hey, that is really special. As a coach, I mean, how do you feel about that? Yeah, it's the first of, you know, possibly four plaques or, you know, championships. But at the same time, it's a championship that your team worked for. Absolutely. Um, and it's funny because I also coach our junior high. And I always try to, like, explain to my kiddos, like, we've been down to state numerous times for, for grade school volleyball. And I always tell the girls, if we get down to state in grade school, like, that's like winning a regional in high school. Because it's literally the same amount of games. And people don't realize when you go into this regional, it's a, you know, 14, 16 team complex. So you have to win minimum three games to get out of it. So it is a really hard thing to do. And with volleyball being as strong as it is in our area, it's competitive, and it's anyone's night. So you, you can't take for granted the fact that you are having a good season because you still have to battle tooth and nail to get out of it. And our regional that we actually pulled to was really difficult. We ended up playing Indian Creek in the second round, and they had beaten us earlier in the year. 
So there was, that was a huge game for us, huge win. Um, the girls were, and like I said, I think a lot of that was kind of a revenge game. So like, hey, they ain't getting us again. Because when they did beat us, unfortunately, it was just not our night earlier in the year. And then we had to take on Aurora Christian, who, you know, was between 1A and 2A. And it was, it was, a, it was a great game. I mean, as a coach, I'll, I'll take a regional. I would tell them, anything, I want that regional. Anything after that's gravy. You know, <laughs> it's like that cherry on top. But if you can get that, it's even cooler. But like I said, our, our sectional was incredibly tough. And the winner of our sectional went on to get, I think they finished in the top four in the state. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty impressive run for them as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Uh, you said, you know, it's going to be sad that, uh, you know, kids graduate, they leave. Who are you yeah. losing after this season? Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, my three captains, who are all seniors, uh, Kaylee Killalay, Rizzy Kaufman, and Ava McCallum. Um, and I've had all of them since grade school. And Lauren McKenna is also a senior. I've had her since grade school. Um, and then Jada Pitts is also a senior. Um, and like I said, I had her just through high school, but they're just incredible young ladies. And I think one thing that they brought to the table was just the dedication and leadership that we may have lacked the year before. Each one of them is a very, very hardworking kid, but also they had different roles on the team. Like I said, you know, Kaylee being a setter, obviously she had a lot of say in the offense, um, and Lindsay on defense, and, and Ava is an all-around player. She just works her butt off. And Lauren was that kid that whatever we needed, she could do it. Whether I needed someone to go into serve, I need a hitter, I need someone to play defense, and she's just that absolute team player who's going to do whatever it takes. And Jada might be the best mom our team has ever had. <laughs> she came and she did miss one year um, during the COVID year. She they, she stayed home that year, so she did miss a year of volleyball. So she had a little bit of catching up to do. But I tell you what, she is that one that no matter what was going on, she was supporting. And anytime we needed her one, she's a great blocker. Um, so we threw her to hit and block a lot. And she just gave us that extra, extra pizzazz that we needed, you know, and but she was our best. I would say she was my scout team. She was that person who, no matter who we were playing, if they had a big hitter or a big blocker, I was like, you got to be that person when we're practicing for this. And and she took that role and ran with it. And I think uh, them trying to get around her might have been <laughs> part of why our hitters were so good this year. Oh, that's awesome to have people step up and practice to help the team. That's awesome. I think they showed these younger kids what, it, what it's really about. You know, they were in the weight room all summer. They were at every open gym. They were... You know, they were the heart and soul of this. So um, I think the juniors definitely see what they're supposed to do. And like I said, my juniors are super spirited. They are feisty, and they do not like to lose. So I'm really excited to see, you know, what will come next year. But uh, it's going to be hard to let these seniors go. Uh, we definitely have more of a family-type relationship than, than anything else. And, and I've literally watched them grow up since they were in fourth and fifth grade. So it, it's going to be it's going to be hard to see them graduate. I bet. I bet it is. I bet it is. Uh, one more question before I let you go here. You said a couple times when you're talking about your players, I've coached them since, you know, grade school and things like that. As a coach that is coaching in one program for, you know, many years through the junior high, through the high school ranks, I mean, it seems like the kids, the players, almost become like a family. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I said. I think that's what makes us unique. I know, like, obviously, in there, it's not always easy to be able to go down and, and help with your junior high programs or your feeder programs, but it has definitely been beneficial to us, not only athletically, but, like I said, emotionally, too, because 
they trust me. I trust them. You know, they, they know the routines. They know what's going to happen. But um, also, like I said, this group, they got along so well. I mean, teenage girls are always an adventure. <laughs> you never know how it's really going to go with them. That was the hardest part about the season ending was that we weren't going to be together every day anymore. And, and it was funny, about a week after, a couple of them wandered you know, through my office, and, and they were like, can we have a Christmas party this year? And I'm like, okay, I've never done one before. But I was like, sure. And that was the hardest part for them, they said, was not getting to be together every day. I mean, yeah, no one really enjoys coming out and conditioning or doing practice, but they genuinely enjoyed being together. And that's something that, I don't know if we can ever recreate, hopefully, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. They got along, and they were just great kids this year, and I'm, I was really, really, really blessed to have them. Awesome. Well, congratulations on a great season, winning fourth regional. Mindy McConaughey, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thank you so much for having us, and hopefully maybe we can do this again next year. <laughs> that would be ideal. we got to get you another... <laughs> Another regional, another tournament wins, another 32 wins is still, that, it blows my mind, that's Ooh. awesome. I know, there's a lot, there was a lot of stuff, uh, records broken this year, and I think the, uh, the juniors are pretty hungry if they might try to break it again, so we'll see what happens. The interview you just heard with Marquette Volleyball Coach Mindy McConaughey, and the interviews you're about to hear with Scott Payne of the Amboy Lamoille Ohio football Clippers and Randy Teeman of the Hall Putnam County Red Devil football team is brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town, associates Jason Hintz and Caitlin Henry pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship to get you every vehicle you want in cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Jason Hintz has been with Medota Ford for eight years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. Caitlin Henry joined the team in July and is excited to help you find your dream vehicle. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Medota Ford family. Jason and Caitlin will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with the little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Medota Ford is located just south of Medota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.MendotaFord.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. And when you do, don't forget to mention where you heard about Mendota Ford as the dealership has a refer a friend or family member program. If you buy a vehicle, the person or podcast who referred you gets $100. Amboy Lamoyle, Ohio football coach Scott Payne. I mean, you've had a lot to be thankful, happy for throughout this football season, and it continued this past Friday. Ridgewood 48 42 victory. Coach, I mean, that's the closest, most scored game of the season so far, and you, you got out of there with a W. Yeah, yeah, it was a very good football game. Uh, both teams played well, and um, you know, it, it was just a very good game all around, and uh, I'm pretty sure it was an exciting game to watch if you're a fan. Definitely a shootout, it seems like. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, they uh, they Ridgewood came out and you know took it to us right off the bat. You know, we were down 14-8, and uh, you know we faced some adversity, and uh, our kids did a great job battling back and going in the halftime's lead 20-8. As a coach, 
you know, when your team has been kind of dominating all season and then you do run into a team that's pretty good and, and is going to give you a game, were you worried about how your team was going to react and if they could pull through it? I was a little bit, you know, like you said, you know, all season long, we've been pretty much dominant and haven't had these close games. And, uh, you know, when we got down, uh, you know, 14, eight, I was a little worried how these guys are going to respond, but you know, th- these kids responded great. They stepped up and got a stop on defense. And then offensively, you know, we, uh, did what we had to do to score and get, take the lead and going into the half. What was the score at the uh, end of the quarters? So end of first half, do you know those? Yeah. The first quarter was uh 14 to eight. Second quarter was uh, 20 to 14. You know, with it being a close game and, you know, they're coming out yeah, trying to hit you guys in the mouth from the get-go, what was the difference in the game? I mean, what led to you guys coming out on top and pretty even matchup here? Well, you know, in the first half, we couldn't run the ball very well. Um, you know, we threw 14 passes the entire game and all 14 were in the first half. So they came out and stopped our run game right off the bat. and We had to adjust and went to our passing game. So then we went in at halftime and made some adjustments on our run blocking. Then in the second half, we didn't throw the ball one time. And we, and we ran the entire second half, and both Welchel and Luffelman both ran for over 100 yards. And so I think, once again, the credit is our offensive line. In the second half of the game, came out and, and pretty much dominated the line of scrimmage for us offensively in the second half. Do you give out game balls at the end of the game? Uh, no, we do player of the week's. Are they all linemen every week? <laughs> they, 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 it should be all linemen every week. <laughs> That's why I ask, because every single week, I mean, you give credit to the line, and it seems like it's well-deserved. Yeah, it is. You know, like I said, they did a great job that second half of uh, taking control of the game for us. Good stuff. And defensively, you know, after they scored, you know, at first, and then, you know, they kept kind of chipping away, it seemed like you guys made the plays when you needed to to make sure you got the W. Yeah, you know, going to the game, we knew this was going to be a tough offense to stop just because they run, you know, like I said last week, something completely different that we've never seen before in eight-man. And, uh, you know, we going to the game, we knew we had to get about three or four stops. And we got four stops, what we needed. And, you know, the defense picked up big plays when they needed to, which was was great to see. Was the offense a problem? Yeah, it was. It was a problem. Uh, you know, I think looking back now, you know, if we have to play him again, let's say in the postseason, we would do a different game plan defensively. Um, you know, we tried to do something a little different, and it obviously didn't work out too well. Like I said, you know, we moved some kids around at halftime, put some different kids, a kid at linebacker, and, uh, you know, we were able to do what we needed to do in the second half to get done, get out of there with the win. Good stuff. Who was the kid that you moved to linebacker? Austin Heath. And he's usually on the line, right? Yeah, he usually plays our nose guard spot, but their fullback was – you know, he, he ran for 168 yards on us. So we put him back at linebacker, and we just said, you know, wherever the fullback goes, you, you fill that hole as hard as you can. That's your only assignment. You have no other assignment but that. And, uh, you know, Austin did a good job of that in the second half for us. Awesome. Do you by chance know that fullback's name? Taylor Snook. I think these uh, road trips are making you guys uh, tougher almost. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, it makes you ready mentally and, uh, you know, get you mentally ready. For the postseason, because you never know how far you're going to have to travel when, once the playoffs start. So, uh, you know, it doesn't even seem like we've had a home game this year, even though I know we've had two, but it doesn't even feel like we've played a home game yet. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Even as a, a journalist that gives you a call every week, it doesn't seem like you're ever at home. No, no, and we got, you know, two more on the road this week and next week, so 
Well, we'll get to those in a second. Let's talk about, uh, you said over 100 yards for Welchel and Luffelman. Do you have the exact yards or touchdown count? Uh, Welchel had three touchdowns and 146 yards. Luffelman had two touchdowns and 102 yards rushing. Uh, Eddie Jones had 56 yards rushing and a touchdown. And then he had a 112 yards passing on 7 of 12 passing and a touchdown. And the touchdown pass was to Blaine. And how many yards did you say that touchdown pass was? Uh, 32. Awesome. Anything else about this game before we move forward? Yeah, I want to give a, a shout-out to Caleb Yanos on our kickoff team. He, he did a great job for us Friday night making tackles on our kickoff team and covering the kick, kick return. So special teams dynamo. Yeah. Awesome. you got to have those kids, too. Yeah, 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 absolutely you do. Like I said, he, he did a great job Friday night for us. Moving forward, we got Milledgeville, week six. I know this is a, you know, a annual opponent every year, and, uh, you know, it's probably one that you guys get ready for, get hyped for to play Milledgeville. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, it's starting to, you know, I know we've only been playing a few years, but I think it's starting to turn into a little bit of a rivalry. You know, Milledgeville's a very good football team. They're very well coached. You know, uh, Coach Robel does a great job up there. And, uh, you know, we're going to have our hands full this Friday night. They're also 5-0. and They've scored 294 points, allowing 94, and pretty dominant throughout, you know, their first five opponents. Yeah, yeah, they have been. Uh, you know, I watched them on film. and Offensively, they do a lot. Of, they run a lot of different formations. And, you know, obviously they got Connor Nye. You know, Connor Nye's a great football player great quarterback um you know and they got some really good receivers out there and, and micah tom smith and the johnson and and nice little brother and there's another kid number 48 who catches a lot of passes so uh we're gonna be working extra extra hard on our pass defense this week you know so yeah but Millville, they're a very good football team is a you know solid pass defense is that the key to the game for you guys to pull out another win yes it is uh you know and with that, you know, with every good pass defense, you need a great rush. You know, if you have a great pass rush, then their pass defense looks even better on the back end. But, uh, you know, we've struggled a little bit defending the pass this year. We've gotten a little bit better, but we're not where we need to be. So we're going to continue to work on it. We're going to, you know, try a couple different things this week as far as pass defense-wise and be ready to go Friday night. So should fans and myself be expecting another shootout? It very well could be. You know, uh, I think it's going to come down to uh, turnovers. Friday, whoever doesn't turn the ball over, I think is going to win the game. Which you could say that about every game, but you know, but it's also our pass defense. We we have to get a lot better in how we've been defending the pass. Well, coach, thank you every week. You know, being able to talk to you and getting some good info about these games and the week coming up. Really appreciate speaking with you. All right, yep, thank you. As always, per each week for the football season, we are speaking with Hall Putnam County Red Devils coach Randy Teeman. This football season has been so far up and down for Hall as it's loss, win, loss, win, loss going into week six. But favorably to the schedule is IVC, a new opponent for the Red Devils, but they come in 0-5. Going into this game, Coach Teeman, I mean, 0-5 record. We never overlook anybody, but it would be good to get back in the win column. Yeah, I mean, the kids need it. and. Uh... I mean, we want to keep our chances alive, obviously. They're 0-5, but they play a pretty good conference and a pretty good schedule. But, I mean, teams like St. Joe Ogden, Bloomington Central Catholic, 
Fairbury, Prairie Central. So they play some predominantly teams that are in the in the playoffs all the time. They'll be a, a very good 0-5 team coming in here. I know you've already watched film. You've done some research. What does Hull have to do to get a win here? This is a team I think we match up with well, pretty well. So we're going to have to beat them up front. We're going to have to contain their quarterback, something we didn't do really well last week against Kiwani. So we're going to have to try to keep him in the pocket and make him throw. I know you just mentioned the defense against Kiwani last week's 41-0 loss. However, doing radio for the Wolf 96-5 covering that game, thought the first half defense, besides a couple big plays that the Boilermakers were, ever, were able to get, that Hall was able to contain that offense for, you know, most of the first half and better than other teams had. We thought we played the best first quarter that we had played all season. You know, zero zero at the end of the first quarter. And I mean, he couldn't ask for anything more. But you know, we had some breakdowns and threw an interception and set him up. And you know, our, our defense is pretty good, but we can't give them short fields and things of that nature to make it easy on teams to score. We have to make them. You know, go the distance against us, go the distance of the field against us. And so we have to get better at that offensively. And we got a good punt there in the first half that drove them deep into their territory. And we did some good things, but we didn't score and we didn't get a win. So One thing that you can say for every game of the Red Devils this season, as we see glimpses, we see glimpses of how Hall can be a dominant, really good team. And then, of course, you know, there's an interception or, you know, a mistake that happens in high school football. But we're seeing the glimpses every week, even in the Kiwani game, 41 to nothing. And I expect to see more glimpses of that against IBC. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're playing some young kids and and some of them are having some moments and it's good to see. And, you know, we've talked to them kids and they got to stay the, you know, stay the route. Hopefully their their classmates underneath them that are, playing at the fresh soft level or having a good year and hopefully that'll all come together for us in the future this ivc game will also get you prepared for the rest of the season as your last three opponents newman is ranked in 1a then you got rockridge who is ranked in 2a and then you end the season october 20th against princeton which is ranked in 3a so you're going 1a 2a 3a all ranked teams to end the season kind of an uphill battle yeah, it's a very tough end of the schedule. You know, I think they got three losses between them. So, you know, we're going to look ahead. To, I mean, we're going to look at IVC right now and try to take care of that. And then Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, us coaches will start putting together something for uh, Newman. We got the extra day this week because so we're playing on Saturday next week. So we'll worry about that when we get to it, I guess. First priority, beating IVC. Absolutely. Coach Randy Tiemann, Hall, Putnam County Red Devils, thank you as always for joining us on the Wolf 96.5. Thanks for having me.